0: that um let us pray as we open up father god we thank you for this morning we thank you lord god that we can again come before you and hear your word lord and how powerful it is lord god and how it can change lives and how it can fill our soul and so lord i pray that for this morning that your word will do just that in each of our hearts and as we give you all the glory in jesus name i pray Amen. amen well good morning again Good morning. Just a few weeks ago, I had the awesome opportunity to take a group of eight people to uh, Costa Rica for our short term missions trip. And if I were asked what two words described my time there, I would say growth and relationships. So, as we prepare to come home, we uh, do this night. It's called a reentry night, and we did it on a Thursday evening. And Kyle, the co-director there for Students International, is a long-term missionary from Costa Rica. And he taught the class that evening. And one thing he said, he said, get ready, as short-term missionaries, get ready to share your experience back at home. Now, not everybody is going to want to listen to a 30 minute sermon on it. (laughs) So, you know, so prepare like a two minute story that you can tell them like what you learned, maybe prepare like a five minute story. And maybe there might be somebody that might want to listen a little longer. So have something prepared for that. And so uh, when I was thinking that, and James asked, why don't you preach this weekend and preach on Costa Rica and what God showed you there? Because I just when I came back, I was sharing with James, and he's like, you have a sermon in your heart. And I was like, okay, all right, it's somewhere in there. And so um, so uh, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, Kyle would be so proud of me, because now I have a captive audience for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So we are finishing a sermon series called Friendsgiving, which I hope each of you will be joining us tonight, as I talked about earlier, for a feast of potluck and fun. And Friendsgiving is based upon the direction of our 2020 vision that you all kind of put together a few months ago, and then the elders worked over it, and they came up with this vision. And we're going to post it right here behind me, and I would like you to read it with me. I think there's something when you read it aloud that you be begin to own it. And this is yours, and so we'd like you to own it. And so with me, let's read that out loud. To bravely welcome people into Christ-centered community where their faith in Jesus grows so that they know and love their neighbors, and their neighbors know they are loved. Isn't that beautiful? That is the point of what we'll be doing with all of our ministries, with everything, with this Friendsgiving, with James has been talking about over the last couple weeks, where we're heading into. And so as we conclude today, we're going to be focusing on, which kind of seems to fit perfectly into what I learned in Costa Rica. So as we grow in our faith and relationships... The result of that, of growing in our faith and growing in relationships and understanding that, is that out of that love abounds. And so today we're gonna look at the book of James. I hope you like the book of James. We're gonna look at chapters um, chapter one, verse 17 through 27. Now, each morning, uh, when the short-term missionaries woke up, we would walk to the SI office. And at the SI office there, we, everybody was told to grab your Bible and grab your devotional. Well, the devotional for us while we were in Costa Rica was on what book? The, yeah, the book of James. The book of James. And, and it, actually, on Tuesday morning, um, while we were there, the, the um, devotional was on this very passage that I'm sharing with you this morning. So I love it how God does that. So here we go. J- chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. It says this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the heaven from the Father of heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man or a woman who looks at his face, his or her face in the mirror, and after looking at themselves, goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so if anyone considers himself religious, and yet does not keep a tight rein on their tongue. They they just just deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. And then he concludes, James concludes with this, and he says, wrapping it all up, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is God's word for us this morning. And so every day, so like I said, every day, so we would read this together. We read this together, and we're told to go off and go read this. And then we were told then to take your devotion and begin to write in your devotion. And here is what I wrote in my journal on the day after I read this. James is incredible. One of my favorite books in the Bible. Such conviction and truth. The fact that he, James, was Jesus' brother, And that he was martyred stands out to me. Even his brother was killed for his truth. Another thing that really stood out to me, I said, that he chose and he created, that he chose you and I, and he created us, and he said that you guys are even better than the first fruits. You guys are the first fruits. And then I wrote here loose lips are destructive with an exclamation point. (laughs) Don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. You see, we can spend years in church listening to his word, soaking it in, but not responding. Interesting is James concludes this passage with this, as I just concluded with you, when he says, as take care of the orphans and widows, because this is action. This is action to his word, almost like saying, this is really what I'm talking about here. I think another two things that James is talking about, that's a pretty long passage and it's pretty direct to the heart. Would you, would you agree? Cut you right deep. Two things that we got from and that we're going to talk about this morning is our relationship part with God and our relationship with others. Now, the first part with God is our relationship with God is, like I said in my devotion when I wrote it down in response, is that he chose and he created. And so what we see here is our relationship with him, with God, that he cares for us and you are precious to God. And then as it went on, it said, uh, when we read, my dear brothers, take note of this, this phrase kind of signals, like as the writer is writing this, it signals that something important is about to follow. And he says, let every man, or you can interpret every man and woman, be swift to hear and slow to speak. What wonderful advice. People hunger, do you agree? This is about relationship. People hunger for someone to listen to them. We prize listeners. A famous psychologist and television personality said this. She said, Listening, not imitation, may be the sincerest form of flattery. If you really want to influence someone, listen to what he or she says. And when they have finished talking, ask them about any points that you don't understand. And then tell them what it is you want or what is it that your point is and then point out areas that maybe you're in agreement and one that you might not be in agreement with. And they will be flattered. Why? Because that you have listened intently and that you've taken them seriously and that you truly want to understand their position. And so that's some good relationship advice. That's what James was saying here when he said, let every man and woman be swift to hear and slow to speak. And so I wonder, as we're talking about not only applying this to our relationships in our everyday life, but also in our relationship to God. And so how do we speak to God? Through prayer. And so could the same counsel be true for prayer? So we think of prayer as talking to God, and that's true, that's legitimate. But prayer can also be listening quietly for God to speak to us. And so one way is, like I told you earlier, Like that's how we were to do it. They were demonstrating that to us in Costa Rica. They were saying, okay, here's the deal. You guys are going to, before you even go out and serve today, before you do anything, you're going to grab your Bible and you're going to grab this devotion, and then you're going to go off and spend some quiet time with God. And you're going to put that down, and then you're going to pray over it. And then you're going to wait and listen to what God is saying to you. Because that's the key, is that one way to, is to, lit, to read a passage from the Bible and then ask God to help you to understand how the passage applies to you and then prayerfully for the answer. So this Christian missionary says this. This is typical of us. This is how we respond. Usually the trouble with nearly everybody who prays is that he or she says amen and runs away before God has a chance to reply. Listening to God is far more important than giving him your ideas. And so as we sit and listen, yes, he wants to hear our prayers, but as we sit and listen, what is that growing? Just like the relationship with others, as I was talking about relationship with others, that we 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 prize listeners. Do you think God prized that too in us? And so it goes on, it says, and slow to anger. Again, excellent advice. Wouldn't you all agree? We've all been there. We've all been quick to anger. And so, James is all be slow to anger in your relationships because quick tempered people are also likely to be quick to speak and do so in a manner that, be, that may hurt others, that damages the relationship. You probably all have been on the receiving end of that. And ironically, hurts the chances of getting what they are wanting to get across, the point they were trying to get across. And so that's the relationship part. That's the relationship part that, that James was talking about here, is our relationship with others and our relationship with him and how we can do that better, how we can do those relationships better. And so the next is the growth part. And so he goes on and he says, how many, he's talking about a mirror, a mirror. So I have a question for you. How many of you like to look in a mirror? Are you more like, I'm like a glancer, like, okay, there it is. You know, and it goes on by. But I, um... Sometimes I work out at Planet Fitness or a couple other places, and I have the joy, I want to (laughs) say. I don't know if it's joy. But, um, you know, when you're working out, and then all of a sudden the men are, like, in front of you, in front of the mirror, and I'm like, how long are you going to look at yourself in the mirror? You know? (laughs) It's like one rep, and then mirror, mirror, mirror. And so, anyways, so some people enjoy looking in the mirror. That's okay. That's okay. So James talks about this. If looking in the mirror is hard, looking deep into the Word of God is harder, especially when reading James' Word. Because you know, what happens is they begin to reflect back to my own, my own self. That's the image of the mirror. And so I began to reflect back to my own anger, my own quickness to speak, my own failures, and my own pride. But being transformed by the word means, and he goes on to talk some more, and now he's like, okay, now you've got the, the mirror thing. But then he says, being transformed by the word means that you're not just a doer. You're, you're, you, that means you're a doer, not just a hearer. So it means that, that, that what we have to do there is we need to invite the Holy Spirit to carve out those ugly places and fill them with a righteousness not on our own righteousness, right? We, as followers of Christ, we are clothed in his righteousness that Jesus gives so that I might live out what James calls a pure and undefiled religion in, verse one in uh, chapter 1, verse 27. The word becomes more than a book to me. It is a means of grace. It's a tool of the Spirit's sanctifying work in my, in my life, in my heart. And so Jesus says it this way. He says it in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. He says this, and I'm going to grab it here really quick, if I can. There we are, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. He said, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. And who is the rock? Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who build, built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, Jesus is the word... Made flesh. He was sent here to dwell among us, and we are called to look daily, not into a mirror, but into the word, into the very face of Jesus. And the gospel-filled life calls us to what it calls us to. It is not full of quickening or words, self-serving pride or self-sufficiency, but what it is full of. It's full of sacrificial love and humility. And when I landed on that, I thought, how did I see that demonstrated in Costa Rica? And it reminds me of the long-term missionary from Costa Rica, and you guys got to meet him before we left. His name is Diego. And I don't know if you remember his story, but I'm just going to share it really quickly here. Diego was, grew up in a city called Las Guido's. And Los Guidos is a very high poverty area. And his mom, and he had no father, and his mom had saved money to send him to school, to college, to university. And he went to university, he earned his engineering degree, and he began working in engineering. And so he is, you know, trying to come out of that poverty. But the call upon God on his heart was so strong to go and serve, to sacrificially serve and love the people of Los Guidos. And so he left his job. He left that. And he became a long-term missionary right there. And not only is he a long-term missionary serving right there, he just recently purchased a home in Mosquitos. He is growing his family up in Mosquitos. He is serving the people, living with the people, loving the people, and being present in their lives. That, my friends, is sacrificial love and humility. So where we are called to let the word do its work inside of us, to read it daily with fresh eyes and be the Holy Spirit, and allow by the Holy Spirit that it begins to transform us, right? Making us more and more like Jesus. And so today you've heard the truth from his word, and you've heard how to apply it, and now I want you to hear how his word was experienced in the lives of a few of our short-term missionaries from that trip. This is Cheryl. Cheryl. There she is. Cheryl's in the pink. And um, this is what Cheryl said. She is our, she's, this is our fourth time going back to Costa Rica, serving the people in Desambrados. And this is what she said about this trip. Going on a mission trip was not on my bucket list. As I listened and saw pictures of other trips, I felt the calling, the calling the Holy Spirit to give it a try. Now I've gone four times. Each time, feeling the draw of the people of the inner city of San Jose, Costa Rica, Des Sembrados, which in Spanish means the forgotten people. A wall to wall suburb with tin roofs, barred windows, and keys to unlock what's yours is a vision you bring home and is stuck in your mind. Inside the puzzled piece dwellings live the hearts of its being, the people. Now, the vision includes the warmth of smiles from old and new friends. Supporting God's work on my missions experience has been instrumental in changing my heart. She sounds like James, huh? Sounds like that. There is something about the tropical climate and breezes that greet you each day that makes you feel at peace in Costa Rica. Each morning, I read and studied James's, the book of James' Guide to Living and Serving. This setting and time in the Word set my heart for the day. You don't know what each day will bring. You don't know the visions that will become imprinted on your mind by your experiences. And my first vision is this, Kayla and Juan, both missionaries there in, one is an American missionary serving, and the other one is a Costa Rican missionary. They have a group of young men, 15 to 20 years old, who come to hang out at their SI site. And they play tennis with us on Monday, and we met up with them again on Wednesday. And one of the boys asked Kayla to help him write a love letter. And this is funny. I was actually there when this was all going down. It was pretty fun. <clears throat> and so before we knew it, several more boys had joined in. And they all thought they could give some helpful advice on this boy's love letter. And that's when the laughter began. Uncontrollable laughter among those friends. And she says, Cheryl says here, I'm watching, not, not, I'm watching and I'm not understanding the Spanish getting some explanation, but most of all, I can see the joy in their relationships and laughter. And so next, Juan breaks out his guitar and they all begin singing about the Lord. My vision has audio with those boys' voices singing at the top of their lungs, joy with friends. Costa Rica and its people have become a constant vision in my life. I can tell you, you don't know until you go. And you go again, and again. Each time cementing visions of friends that feel like family doing God's work. And so that was from Cheryl. I want to share one more with you. This is from Heather. Heather, this was her very first trip on a short-term missions. It was a little scary for her. She reached out, and and when she was talking about filling out the application, she said, I'm just going to go. I don't know what God's doing, but I'm going to go. And so this is what she said about our experience. What I learned was the depth of an impact one person can have. Sometimes with the overloading of our busy days, it's easy to overlook our friends and family. Sometimes this can leave individuals or even ourselves feeling lonely or isolated. Going down to Costa Rica, I kind of thought, I'm just one person. What difference can I make? However, after seeing the missionaries interact, and Thompson was such a great example of this. He's one of the other missionaries there. And his effect that he had on kids, I thought, if he just affects one child today and they grow up with the attitude to serve others and to love God, then it becomes this chain reaction. So all right, there you go. One person does matter. So let me ask you this. Who wants to go to Nicaragua? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can we do what the book of James is preaching about? Can we grow in our faith through serving others, through studying his word and applying it to our relationships, so that our neighbors may know they are loved? That's our statement. Would you please stand with me if you can and pray? Father God, I thank you for your word here today. I thank you for those eight brave people, Lord, that said yes. Lord, that they became doers of your word. And we don't have to travel. Lord God, I mean, if that's a call in people's heart here this morning, I say yay. Lord, but you don't have to go very far. What you've called us to do is be in community right here. Right here in our town of Pastor Robles right here in our workplaces, right here in our neighborhoods. Lord God, that your, through your word and through your righteousness, we have the ability to, to grow in our relationships, to understand our relationships, to grow with you, to love others well, Father God, so we can serve others. And that is how we grow. There are many opportunities here to do that here, Lord God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to be a place that is, that is anointed by you, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd bless each and every person here today as this word sets within their hearts, Lord, that they begin to hear your voice as they look deeper into your word and to with others. In Jesus' name, amen.